Hi, everyone. It's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is, what exactly goes into a business exit plan, and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Hey everyone! Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, you know, uh, when you when you talk to an expert, you know you're talking to an expert. And my next guest is definitely an expert in working with family businesses. As a matter of fact, uh, his URL is Family Business Advisors Network. So there you go. Uh, Mark Dio from SBA Network is uh, an expert and a former radio host of a, of a national show. Uh, and he's an organizational psychologist, certified family business advisor, and CEO of the Family Business Advisors Network. And they've worked with over 125 family offices and businesses for over 23 years, helping to ensure ongoing passive income to the principals. Doesn't that sound good? And they do this by optimizing the performance of the management team to create consistent growth and increasing enterprise value. So, Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. An absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me, Bill. And you make me feel like, whoa, I'm really old because I've been doing it 23 years, but I started when I was 11. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and working with 125-plus business owners, that'll, that'll age you right there. That's a lot of work. Uh, uh, family it. businesses are, are are particularly uh, difficult sometimes to work with because of the increased dynamics of not just transferring things financially but psychologically from from leaders to to uh, to next generations. So tell us a little bit about how you got into that field and and a little bit about your background, Mark. Absolutely. Well, you know, Bill, I never thought I would be in this world. Um, or even become a psychologist of any type <laughs> because I started with my dad in his business, and he was one of the founders of the Morantz Company, which was and is a, a company that manufactures high-end audio equipment. And back in the 60s and 70s, and there was a 60s and 70s, Bill, because I was there, um, <laughs> <laughs> we, that was kind of the iPod of the day, you know? Stereo systems and yeah. video hadn't even come out yet. You know, there were, you know, Betamax and VHS and, you know, nothing was digital. Everything was analog. So it was kind of the hip culture in those days. So I got in at that time uh, with the idea of taking, uh, well, not taking over, but certainly becoming a principal and an owner of that business. 
And um, my dad became ill, uh, and he had to sell the business before my brother and I were of age, but we, we did, or at least I worked in the business for a bit and worked with him, which was an unbelievable education. And that's where I, that's my first family business that I was involved with. And still am, because we're still on the board of the Morantz Company in Japan. So um, absolutely um, uh, a great education there. Now, what a great experience for you to come in, although I'm sure you weren't coming in with the idea that someday you'd be working with family businesses. What did you learn during those days in coming into a family business that helped you prepare for your future? Right. Well, you know, I didn't realize what I learned, Bill, until, you know, later on, actually more recently in the last, you know, 15 years, I I began to reflect on really the lessons. But um, a lot of it comes down to you really have two dynamics that are interfacing simultaneously. You have the family and their needs and their sort of motives, their perceptions. Uh, and some of those family members, it's important to note, uh, are passive. So we think of the family members involved in the business as being active. But reality is some of the most difficult forces we have to deal with are the non-involved family members that have equity in the business. The second part, uh, of course, the second major force is now the management team and the people that are actually running the business who may or may not be uh, family members. And oftentimes, uh, those can conflict if we're not strategic about integrating them, Bill. And that's a big difference we have to deal with as family business advisors. That's a great point. Um, you know, can you imagine, you know, your, your things are cooking along and you're working in a business and putting in your heart and soul and giving them maybe 15 or 20 years and all of a sudden here comes Sonny. Uh, <laughs> here comes Sonny, and he's yep. he's, uh, he's sweeping the floor one year, and he's maybe in a manufacturing plant running a machine the next, and the next he's supervising some things, and the next he's in the management office alongside of you, and uh, and your your heart just drops because maybe you think I hear this a lot. Maybe you think maybe you know someday maybe I'll own this place, and it's like well no, I can see where we're going now. So uh, rewarding yep. and retaining and keeping those key people around who really know how to run the business becomes pretty key, doesn't it? It does. And there's some very specific, deliberate things that we do as family business advisors that some of the other, you know, general consultants who are great at what they do, but they don't, they don't typically address these things. For example, um, yes, oftentimes family members, Bill, get involved in the business when they're young. So, yeah, they're sweeping the floor, they're running a machine, you know, maybe they're you're calling people for AR and collecting money. And so they're doing these things. Uh, and then they kind of earn their stripes, right, and they rise in the business. They end up becoming the boss of the people they've been working with. Well, that's difficult in some cases, but not nearly as difficult as what happened, for example, what happened recently in one of my clients. It happened many times, but just recently – meaning last week, (laughs) the brother who hasn't been involved in the business at all showed up and said, I want to work in the business, Dad, and I have now business experience. And, of course, Dad loves his son and really wants to put his business experience to use now in this business that he really knows nothing about. Uh, And now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, he's on the management team 
working with these folks who have earned their stripes, who do understand the business, and they have to deal with this, almost educating this person, dealing maybe with pushback, depending on how forceful this, uh, this person is. And this particular person is quite forceful. So that's a challenge that we have to deal with uh, as family business advisors often. Right, right. It's, that's, that can be a real slap in the face. So you're talking about family business advisor, and that's different from a business consultant or a coach. And, and so, is it because you're dealing with some more? You're dealing more of those relationship dynamics that you're talking about. Much of it, much of it, boils down to relationships, but it impacts strategy as well, right? Because think about it: if if someone shows up as a family member in this business, and now they have some power, they have some authority uh, that is vested in them by dad or grandpa or mom, and now they might be calling some shots that oftentimes or many times don't seem to make sense, haven't been part of the strategic plan in the past, and so they're taking this company maybe off of the track they were on, which may or may be good or bad, but certainly does create a lot of conflict. So yes, relationship-wise, we deal often in resolving conflict is one of our uh, one of the six key pillars that we deal with uh, is how to facilitate. Um, healthy conflict, because conflict isn't necessarily bad, right? And then how to ensure resolution. So yes, oftentimes relationships are a big issue that impact our, our ability to help our client. So let's see if we can put it in a little bit of, bit of a box for our listeners, Mark. So you, you have several different issues that a family business might call you for, for this specialty, a family business advisor. Uh, and you've, you've mentioned a couple of them, like uh, we're thinking about letting letting Sonny number two or daughter number one, who's never been a part of this business, come in, and in uh, in that situation, you know, what's our strategy? What should we be doing? How how will employees receive that? What are some other issues that, uh, that uh, they would they would call you and a client would call you for um, that you'd be specifically uh, valuable for? Sure, absolutely. Oftentimes, um, probably most often, Bill, we're um, referred, and we usually are referred into a business uh, by you know someone like yourself or or you know an, a CPA or or an attorney, you know, a, a close advisor to the family is usually where we come in. And oftentimes, it's it, there's some sort of conflict occurring between, let's just say, mom and dad who have been you know. Founding and have founded and are running this business, and now the sons or daughters uh, who are involved in the business at a management level, and there is a distinct uh, variance between the vision of the future or even uh, you know agreement on the priorities today. Mom and dad might see that you know we've got to focus on you know doing what we've always done and you know, delivering the product that has, has, we've always delivered. And, and maybe the sons or daughters might say, you know, we need a new product line. We've got to find a different group of customers. Maybe there's price competition. And, and so there's this conflict at this higher level. So those involve relationships, but they also involve strategy. And so that's where we need to have both disciplines. We need to be able to, and that's where being a psychologist is helpful, is, is, you know, resolve the conflict, get down to the sort of emotional issues that exist, and then 
um, also sort of deal with the other side of the brain, Bill, which are the more organizational issues that we can help social issues where we have to start because you can't get to the other side of the brain oftentimes, right? So right, that's right. usually, yeah, right? That makes sense, doesn't it? Well, it makes total sense, and there are a lot of situations. There are a lot of situations where, uh, like we were talking about earlier, where just because someone has the right last name doesn't mean that they have the qualifications. You would never hire a director of sales uh, without uh, that was not related without a director of sales resume and experience. But uh, but a lot of businesses uh, tend to. Uh, turn a blind eye to some of those qualifications when a family member, well, let's find a place for them. Now, that's one yep. issue, but then you have a whole different set of dynamics when you're working with families that have active children and inactive children. And and forget about, you know, not not to mention what happens in family dynamics when it gets to the next generation, now their grandchildren and unrelated, you know, uh, not unrelated, but uh, uh, maybe... Uh, stepchildren or, you know, there there can be a, a myriad of different issues. So how can a family business keep the family issues separate from the business issues at work? Good question, right? So one of the things that, and there's a number of things we do, but for example, one of the things we do early on with a family business, assuming it's finan- uh, uh, substantial enough, and we work with businesses that are, let's say, $5 million and up, uh, it's difficult for us to help you know, the smaller businesses because they don't have the ability to put the investment in. But if it's $5 million and up, you're dealing with you know, 30 people or more in terms of number of employees. So what we first do is to establish a family board what we call an inside board, right? And this, this family board is, is really constructed of family members. And we help to facilitate, matter of fact, we're doing that for two clients right now. We help to facilitate what are some of the guiding principles that we're all going to agree to. Okay, so we set mm-hmm. these guiding principles. For example, just to make it clearer for your listeners. Uh, so, for example, one of the principles and we're talking about should family members be involved in the business. One of the principles that many of our clients agree to, and of course it's up to them, but one of the principles is that if someone is going to work in the business as a family member and they're going to move, they're going to be in management or m- plan to move into management, okay, we oftentimes we help the family members to select as a guiding principle that they have to work at another company for a period of time, at a different, non-competitive company okay. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for a period of time. They might have to have a client who one of their guiding principles was, if you're going to be involved in the company and you plan to go into management, you're not just going to sweep the floor or work on the assembly line, you need to have at least a bachelor's degree. Okay. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. You need to. I have another client. They. Need, you need to engage in coaching and consult. You need to engage in coaching with someone, and we can provide someone for you, or you can select someone that, you know, at least is approved by the family board. So you have someone that can help walk you through the learning process, right? So these kind of guiding principles don't usually happen in a family business unless someone from the outside uh, helps the family members to facilitate that. And what this does, Bill, and this is just one guiding principle, we look at all areas of the business when we help the family put this together, 
you know, the investment, mitigating risk, all of these things. Uh, helps us to have these principles in place so that it makes decision-making a lot easier in the future, Bill. That's usually the result we see from starting with those guiding principles. I think right? that's just brilliant. That it, it sounds very, very necessary to, uh, to establish those guiding principles early on. And, again, there are so many different types of family business situations because – when it comes down to it, Mark, family businesses are basically everywhere, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're the backbone. Per- yeah, eighty-two percent of all of the enterprises in the United States, uh, according to Family Business Magazine, and this has been verified by other studies. Uh, in the eighties, by every study that's done, eighty-two percent of these businesses are family businesses, and many of them are very small. But some of them grow to be rather substantial. I mean, there's many businesses we can see today that started and and maybe even continue today as family businesses, and and, and oftentimes that's transparent to their customers and their vendors. But when you get involved with the company and the structure, you can see that these things are happening. And, you know, it's in the news every day, <laughs> actually. If you look, right. at the, right. look at the paper, you can see that. Uh, Morgan Stanley, I mean, we, we just go on and on with, with, uh, with the, you know, the, the, the number of companies uh, that started in that, in that way. Edison, right? So it's really critical. Ford. <laughs> Ford, right? But, but you see, here's what happens. It doesn't start this way, and so we don't think this way. Oftentimes, as you said, the only qualification for someone to enter into a leadership position in a family business is the last name. That's the only qualification, and so it's important to begin to change that. Um, one of the other guiding principles we often uh, you know, coach our clients to consider, and of course it's their decision, uh, is that this uh, person who is you know, typically a younger person getting involved as a successor to this business has to work not for mom or dad, uh, but has to work at least one or two levels down. And in that way, we tend to get more um, sanitized feedback upward into the organization. So instead of for example, this son now coming in at a high level is really causing a problem. And, uh, you know, the family's starting to see this. And, and of course, now we're, we're talking about how do we fix this situation without, uh, you know, really hurting this young man who's very excited uh, <laughs> about his opportunity. But when we right. think it through from the beginning, we can avoid these circumstances, you see. Yeah, and so often um, they are anxious to – uh, move up the ladder, and uh, and I hear this a lot at peer groups like Vistage and other types of business peer right. groups where uh, you, you have uh, – I've been to these meetings, Mark, where you, they have the parents at one set of tables and the children at other sets of tables, and I've listened in on the conversations about both of them, and the, the parents are like, well, how do I – you know, how do I uh, turn this business over to my son without getting, you know, without regretting it? Because I don't even let him drive my best car. <laughs> right. And right. now I'm well, going to let him drive my retirement. <laughs> right. 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 There's, there's a trust. low trust level. But now you're giving and them the, keys to the family business. <laughs> right? and, the, and the kids are saying, how do, I, how do I move my old man to the corner office, uh, move, him, move him out of there so I can move into there, I should say, and, uh, and uh, so I can get a big fat raise and start living the life he's been mm-hmm. living. So there's a lot of issues 
Mark, just tell we us call a that couple. The, yeah. Well, the Go sticky ahead. baton what is what you're referring to. You're referring the to the sti- what we call the sticky baton, okay? And this is, you know, you can look it up on the Internet. It's actually, a, you know, it's actually a, a symptom that exists in a family business of dysfunction, a dysfunctional system, a symptom. And the sticky baton means, let's just say, let's just say dad, and it could be mom too, but mom or dad who has started this business, runs this business with this iron fist and really has been right most of the time, <laughs> which is hard to disprove because they've grown this business. They don't let go of the baton. They want to hold on to the baton rather than pass it. And again, oftentimes that is – they might feel from their perception that this can be logically defend, defensible. Well, here's the reasons why I won't let go, Mark. But, but oftentimes it's really rooted in emotion. It's, and it's, it's rooted in, you know, you didn't take care of your brother, you know, when your mom and I were out working our butts off seven days a week. So why should I do that? It actually goes back that far, which is why, be, you know, being an organizational psychologist is helpful to untangle that. So a little bit I of therapy agree. sometimes has to happen, right? Totally agree. Uh, there are a lot of situations where uh, I and other people I know get into situations where we realize we need someone who knows, who has a background in psychology, because we we need to clean up some of this um, uh, relationship discomfort before we move on. Mark, uh, you, you've given us so many great tips, and unfortunately we're running out of time today, but I want to um, ask you uh, how our listeners can get, best get in touch with you and what they would find on your website, that type of thing. So tell us a little bit about sure. uh, how, how listeners should contact you and what they'd find on your website. Well, if they're interested in um, the the consulting work that we do, the best place for them to go is FamilyBusinessAdvisorsNetwork.com. FamilyBusinessAdvisorsNetwork.com. So just thinking, you know, Family Business Advisors Network, because we are a network of professionals that we use. I don't do it all myself. .com. If they want to find out more about Mark Dio, just go MarkDio.com. MarkDio.com. Mark you, you know, MarkDeo.com, M-A-R-K-D-E-O.com. And if you go to either one of those, you can get to the other or to me. Uh, and, and the cool thing about it is what I, what I usually give people when they inquire is a um, booklet that I wrote, which is a booklet about many of the things we're talking about. It talks about some of the statistics uh, regarding family businesses today, it, it, their success. And, and of course, we didn't get into that, but, you know, it, it, it's bleak because it, it's getting harder and harder to transfer this business down to the fourth generation. And matter of fact, that number is getting smaller and smaller and smaller, as is the third and the second. Right? But it also Absolutely. talks about leadership behaviors. It talks about secession strategies. It talks about team engagement, conflict resolution, cul- resetting the culture, optimizing your board, both family and your, your company's uh, board. So it, it goes into all of that, and it talks about our methodology a little bit, uh, which some people, you know, if you're a small business, you could take that, and you could run with it yourself to, to, to bring improvement to your little business. And that's well, why there I you go. that. And, and I'm going to put that link, listeners, uh, wherever you're listening, whether it's your, your cell phone, your smartphone, or your computer, you'll see that link to that booklet. 
right below. Mm -hmm. So uh, click on it and uh, get to know Mark Dio. Keep him on your speed dial. If you have a sticky baton in your business, in your family <laughs> business, you know, right. think Dio, uh, think Mark Dio, and think, think Family Dio. Business yeah. Advisors Network dot com. Mark, yeah, thanks so much right. for joining us today. You know, I, I got to have you back because we're just scratching the surface on these issues, and you know, oh, we can talk oh, about yeah. this for hours. Always happy. That's what I do all day. So always happy to, Bill. <laughs> no problem. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 